encourage you guys. Uh, I think Clark mentioned the youth camp this year in June, and part of the reason of that, uh, it's earlier this year, is because my wife's pregnant, so it's going to be uh, a little difficult to uh, um, be worried about if the baby's coming and uh, and if uh, while doing the youth camp. So that was part of it. So appreciate your understanding, Charlotte does at least, and uh, I do too. Uh, but uh, as we prepare for youth, I really encourage you, and I, I would I would love if we would uh, if we would start to pray um, and fast, and uh, that God would do something awesome uh, this year with the with the youth that they would just have a tremendous um, touch from Him and and hear from Him. I know the Lord's got something uh, great planned. Uh, gave us a theme a couple of weeks ago that's something that's been on my heart and so I truly believe that the Lord is is again going to move us into that camp where he can he can have us face to face and um, I know it'll be something great for these young people and, and I encourage you to invite young people that um, you might know that would want to come who you know they don't have to have any background in the church or they don't have to be <laughs> Um, churched in any way or, or even be Christians, uh, we'll, we'll take them, take anybody. And so uh, we just encourage you to invite um, family members, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, we know that the Lord is going to do a great thing. So seems weird. Uh, I think it was either last year or two years ago, um, I ended up preaching on Mother's Day. And uh, this year, I wasn't really supposed to preach on Mother's Day, but I had a work trip to West Virginia, so I had to reschedule when I was going to speak, and it ended up being on Mother's Day, so I must be the Mother's Day preacher, <laughs> and that had nothing to do with Mother's Day. So my message has nothing to do with Mother's Day, but I uh, wouldn't know where to start, but uh, I, a special day, I get to see my mother today, so it's a happy that she's here, she can be with us, and um, as I was thinking about it this morning, I got up early, and uh, was praying, and thanking the Lord for for all the blessings in my life, so I began to think about Sharla, and, um, and uh, what an awesome mother she is to, to, to my family, and how she really, um, she keeps everything going at home. Um, I like to start a lot of projects, but she's the one who kind of reins me in and, and keeps me motivated and keeps things going. And, and uh, I'm so thankful for the mother that she is, um, yeah. the way that she deals with Micah. Um, I couldn't ask for anything more. Um, she, she fills in where I lack, and I fill in where she lacks. And, and I, I believe that God's uh, brought us together. And, and this morning... You know, having my mom here, I just want to take the time to acknowledge her and uh, what she is to my life. And uh, I think we're all thankful for our mothers today, but I'm thankful for my mother. I'm thankful that uh, God gave me her. Um, she was a constant in my life uh, when I know that I've given her a lot of gray hairs. 
And uh, I'm just thankful that uh, the Lord uh, placed her in my life. Um, there's many a times when, uh, how, at growing up, that we're facing different things. She would always say to me, guard your heart, guard your heart. That was something that I would always remember, that I would guard my heart. And as I went through my youth and, uh, you know, made decisions probably that I shouldn't have made, I always, it would keep me because I would always know um, that I need to guard guard my heart and not allow bitterness to come into my life. And I was always very weary, leery of that. And um, that was from my mom. And so I'm thankful. I, I know I wouldn't be here where I am today. Um, and so I remember as I was uh, uh, dating and I would, <laughs> I had, you know, girlfriends or whatever uh, that, uh, sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> uh, I remember my mom, I would look for her approval. It was very important that I had her approval. And uh, I would always tell, she never said no, no. She would never say no, but I would always tell that she was disappointed. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, things would fade away. And, uh, and uh, but I remember when I brought Charlotte around, you know, some people always say, oh, you, you look for someone who's like your mom. Well, Charlotte and my mom couldn't be any more different. Uh, this, uh, but the one thing that they do have in common um, is that they're both constant. And uh, that's something that I really needed in my life, was someone who was constant and steadfast. And so that really speaks to Charlotte's character and who she is in my life. She's a constant, and uh, I'm thankful for that. And so, just uh, want thankful that I could take some time to do that. <clears throat> um, so, the Lord's kind of given me a word today on uh, something that's been throughout my life, and uh, just a constant message. And maybe you may have heard me speak about this uh, before, but isn't it interesting how the Lord always adds on to what He has given us? Right? It's a uh, He He adds on to the words that he speaks into our lives and, and as we grow older and different seasons of our lives happen, different things happen to us, the Lord will bring a new revelation, an even deeper uh, understanding of, of what he's speaking to us. And so that's how the Lord works and it's such an awesome um, characteristics of, of who he is that there's, there's, there's never a depth that's deep enough for him. He just goes even deeper and there's no limit to him. He's a limited God, limitless God, and, and so it's so awesome, you know, as we were singing those words today, that he is awesome, um, that there's just, he's endless. And so how beautiful it is that we have a God who sees us, and I've always spoke about this, and, you know, I have my notes here, and I think that the Lord's just kind of guiding me in a different way, but it's always fascinated me. Throughout my life is how the Lord sees me in our walk. And he sees you in your walk. And that I, I often think about, you know, God must have a million things to do. <laughs> he must have so much going on. Yeah. Yet he shows interest in me. He shows interest in me to see me. Psalms 8, you know, we read it... Um, I, 
it's just a beautiful psalm. It says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest Thank the Lord that he visits us. He takes the time to come and visit us in his busy schedule. Who knows? I have no idea what he's doing. But he would take the time. He would take the time to come visit him. I know in my own life I have my grandma who lives in Chatham. She's, she's an hour and a half away, maybe two hours by the time I cross the border. And I haven't gone and seen her. I haven't gone and visited her. And it, it weighs heavily on my heart. So I call her when I can. But even in my schedule, I, I don't take the time because I'm so busy with work, with, so busy with family, so busy with, with, with just keeping up now, cutting grass, <laughs> that I don't have time to go visit. But God takes the time to visit us. So, Lord, I just ask that you would just visit us today. I ask, Father God, that you would open our eyes to see how you look at us, how your thoughts are towards us, how you desire a, a true, intimate relationship with each and every one of us. Lord, help us to embrace what you're desiring towards us. And help us to lay everything aside that's hindering us from keeping us from your will. We're living in a in a time, a generation right now that is looking to be seen. I think we all can agree with that. Uh, never more have I ever seen this before than I do uh, today, today, today's age. And uh, I'm sure uh, we talk about this, uh, you know, the, we have this beautiful church because we have so many generations here. And, and, uh, and I, I, bet, I, just, I bet that the older generation here sometimes... Uh, looks at our generation, younger generation. I count myself young still. Um, amen. And, and they must roll their eyes. You know, they must say, oh my goodness, these people are so self-centered. Or <laughs> they just want to be, they want so much attention. Um, you know, I think about our, our cell phones, these beautiful cell phones. And we take pictures of absolutely everything that we do and we must share them with everybody right and, and uh, I do it myself I'm, I'm not going to lie yesterday I, I finally caught a snake around my pool and I said Charlotte come take a picture of me right? uh, because and I don't I don't know why I did that it was it's just something that I did back in the day you probably just would grab the snake and throw it out into the field but we take pictures of uh, what we eat for breakfast what we eat for lunch, what we eat for dinner, the coffee that we have, and we share it with everyone. We take pictures. My favorite one is taking a picture of your Monday morning face on your way to work, right? Uh, you know, just who wants to see that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love this part is uh, taking a picture yourself of, your, of you looking at yourself in the mirror while holding a cell phone, right? It doesn't get any more worse than that, right? Taking a picture of your bicep, taking a picture of your calf, taking a picture of your pectoral, taking a picture of your triceps, your quads, whatever. We take pictures of everything. Just And 
and were just crying, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's interesting how this generation has changed, and, and not, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, uh, I wouldn't take a picture of myself in the bathroom, but I, I uh, but it just, this generation is just crying to be seen. And so, I, I was thinking about this, and actually I shared a story yesterday. Um, it's even in, it's natural. It's a natural thing. Uh, yesterday, we just started uh, baseball with Micah, and he's playing t-ball. It's his second year, and you can really see how he's made a lot of progress since last year. And so last year, he was pretty small. He didn't uh, field a lot of baseballs. But this year, when he fields a baseball, he'll grab it. He'll field it, and he'll just, he'll look at, yesterday he was looking at mama and grandpa and saying, I got it, I got it, instead of throwing it over to first. And, uh, and he just wants to be seen. He wants to, recognition of his accomplishment, of what he's done, he's looking for it. And so it's a very natural thing. And so I remember Steve Everett one time was talking about this, and he reminded me of my physics 101 class. And uh, there was a guy named Maslow, and he talked about the five basic human needs that we need. And so I was thinking about that. The first one is, and so as you have them, he was saying, you seek the next level. And so it's a hierarchy of needs that once you have one need fulfilled, then you, you desire for the next need to be fulfilled. And he broke them into five different uh, layers or hierarchy of, of, of needs, physical needs. They're the basic needs. And the first one was just biological and the physical needs, basically air, water, food, this the, the things to keep you alive and safety was the next one was protection from the elements security, order, law, freedom from fear and then once that's fulfilled you, you're looking for love and belongingness friendship, intimacy trust, acceptance receiving acceptance receiving affection and love and being part of a family and within all that is being seen and so it's very normal for us to desire to be seen. And then the next one was esteemed needs, sense of achievement, dominance, prestige, respect from others, and then self-actualization, um, seeking personal growth. And so there's a basic need for all of us to be, uh, I some water, to be loved, to be seen, to be recognized. And that, that's normal. And so um, that's why it can be dangerous, um, parents, uh, when we don't give our children the affection or the attention that they need. It can psychologically develop bad habits in them to not have good relationships. And, uh, and then when somebody, the wrong person, gives them the attention, they're so hungry for it that it takes them down the wrong path. And, and there, there's, there's men, there's women out there, there's groups, there's whatever you can call it, teachers, whatever, who are, who are really taking advantage of them or, or preying on these young kids that are so deprived of attention from their home homes. And so um, we need to remember that. Um, I don't think we have any of those problems, but uh, sometimes 
Uh, Clark posted something on Facebook, and I joked around about it, but it was a good point. So put down the shovel and, and pick up the wiffle ball. I always said my dad always made me put down the wiffle ball and pick up a shovel. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it is true. We need to take the time to be with our families, and sometimes we can be so busy. So, you know, the best thing that we did in our family is when we moved, we got rid of our cable. And then when we got there, uh, I, I bought the smallest, cheapest antenna I could get, and you get what you pay for. Because I think I got, uh, I think I got like uh, three channels, and one of the channels uh, the other day I tried to watch TV because I had, uh, was tired and and uh, wanted to settle my mind, and I watched MacGyver. Man, we have come a long ways in TV. <laughs> But there's nothing on my TV. I can't even watch hockey. I can't even watch baseball anymore. But it's been the best thing that's happened to me because I spend more time with my I don't come home. I don't watch TV. It doesn't even cross my mind because I know I don't have a channel. <laughs> so we spend outside. We work together. We play together. We do all kinds of stuff together. We get poison ivy together. And mom just loves it. <laughs> had poison ivy three times already this year so um, so one of the, one of the different also the characteristics of, of this uh, type of uh, of uh, mistreatment I guess you would call it is that uh, they say it's easy to spot kids who are neglected uh, physically right and, and you know they'll, they'll come to school real dirty you know uh, same clothes it, um, that sort of thing, it's very easy to see um, the physical neglect, but psychological or emotional neglect, it's, 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 it's one of those things that's gone unnoticed in our generations, uh, because how do you, how do you report it? There is, how do you, how do you, social workers are trying to understand how, how to deal with it, you know, it's not necessarily, you can't take a, kid away from his mom or his father because they are emotionally neglected, right? If they're being clothed and, you know, they have the newest clothes on and they have everything they, that they need physically. So, but we are growing in a generation that uh, emotionally they're neglected uh, because they're so busy with the things of this world. And so there's, there's a desire to be seen. So if we turn our Bibles to John 47 and 48, we'll start here. This is a verse that I remember. This is one of my favorite verses ever. I remember I was going through a difficult time in my life. <laughs> and, it, and if you've never had it, a moment when the words just... Uh, John, John 1, sorry. John 1, 47 and 48. If you've never had a a verse ever explode to you. This is one of those things that the Lord did for me. And uh, I was going in such a, I was, I was in such a terrible time in my life, um, not knowing where to turn, not knowing where to go. And I read these verses. And it says, verse seven: Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and said to him, "Behold, an Israelite, indeed, in whom is no guile." Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered him and said unto him, Before Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw 
I saw you. I saw you where you were at in the situation you were in. And I saw it. And it was nothing real big, but I just broke. That moment, it's as if I could feel the Lord's eyes on me. And I knew he was with me. And I knew he saw me in the very situation that I was in. And that truly changed my life. That was a turning point in my life. And so, I say to you today that the Lord sees us here. He sees us in the situation that we're in. He understands and He knows. And He's here to walk with us. This is a loving God that we serve that is mindful of all the details of our situations that we're facing in every, one of our, in every one of our lives. So the Lord continued to add on to this. A couple weeks ago, Clark was mentioning being here during Wednesday night Bible study. I, I never get to come to Bible study. Um, I'm, I have youth, and uh, I've often told Charlotte this, uh, I love Bible study. It's one of my favorite things. Um, I, I always felt that pastor would... Um, since he was, uh, since he was limited maybe to a shorter time, um, he would put his notes aside and just go, go off of what would come out of his heart. And uh, it was so deep for me, and I, I just loved how he it just flowed out of him. And um, and so Clark was saying, you know, come to Bible study if you if we're not making the time to allow the Lord to visit us. This is one of those times. It's easy to be, become so busy with life um, that, uh, that we're missing out, that we're neglecting our relationship with the Lord. And Wednesday night is one of those powerful nights. Not only is pastor speaking to us, but as a body, we're ministering to each other. And that's what's so awesome is a pastor may have something from one perspective, but because of the lies and the things that we've gone through, many of us else have different revelations that we, we come to impart, to share, to build each, other, build each other up and edify each other. And so I encourage you, don't miss Wednesday night. Don't allow something to come into your schedule that will take that away from you. It's It's, it's short. It's like the perfect service. <laughs> it's concise. Clark and the worship team don't go on and on singing songs, songs. It's just to the point. And the Lord will speak to us. And so I encourage you, Wednesday night, be hungry for God's word. It's a time when he will visit us. And so one time I got to go, and it was, we were on John 5. And we read 5, 1 through 9. And as we read that verse, um, oh man, I'm not even going to try. Uh, I forget who was sharing, but someone said something, and I have not been able to get it out of my head since that day. And I began to chew on this word. I haven't read too much Bible since that time. I've been in the same 
chapter over and over and over and over and over. When I went to West Virginia, I should have just printed out one sheet of paper because that's all I read. And there's nothing wrong with that. The Lord tells us to, to chew on his word, allow him to speak to us. Before I used to be in a race to read the Bible, but I realized uh, it does nothing. My mind starts to wander, starts to think about something, and then I find myself saying, I- I've read this sentence like five times now. <laughs> and so I don't try to race through his word. I just say, Lord, you know where I'm at? And he speaks to me where I'm at. And I just, I go slow. There's no race. And so let's read this chapter 5. It says, After there, this there was a feast of Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in Hebrew the tongue of Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day, it was the Sabbath. So here we have the man in his condition. It says the man was there 38 years. For some reason, the man had lost the ability to use his limbs. His legs didn't work or don't, doesn't quite give too much detail. But the man was lazy. He, he, he could barely move. He was a lame man. And he had suffered a long time. When I think about 38 years, that's, that's, that's older than I am. That's more years than I am. And I can imagine the anguish, the suffering that this man went through that this whole time he's been sick for such a long time. And I imagine there may have been thoughts that went through his mind saying, Lord, what what is the purpose for my life? It's, It's troubling when you are burdened with something that so hinders you that it really steals the ability for you to to live. And he must have thought, you know what? Why am I here just to die? 38 years. 38 years suffering this man. And so it kind of puts in perspective. Sometimes we we can complain about ailments that we have. And really we should be happy and, and thankful for the 
blessings that we have in our lives and our health that the Lord has given us. Our notes here. So if we continue here in verse 5 and 6, it says, A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? Two aspects the Lord was talking to me of this verse is that he saw him. Again, we see those words. He saw him. I love this about Jesus. You know, Jesus is coming to Jerusalem here to celebrate the feast of the Passover. And Jesus is so awesome, right? Notice he doesn't come to, to go and see the palaces in, in Jerusalem, or he doesn't go to meet with the kings or the high priests or the people of honor. Or, I mean, here, this is Jesus, a king. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, and, you know, he's not going to meet the, the upper echelon of people. Many times when, when the presidents come into uh, Michigan, you know, they close down 75, and I'm sure Nam loves that. And security goes up, and, and you know, they, they go to all the highest parts of Michigan, the University of Michigan. Never, never go to Michigan State, of course. Right? But they go to Michigan, they meet with Harbaugh, they meet with... The, all the CEOs of Chrysler, Ford, and GM, and, and the mayors of the city of Detroit, but that's not how Jesus lives. What does he do? He goes to where there's a great multitude of sick, of diseased people. It says a great multitude. Jesus went to the hospital, is what happened. He went to the very emergency room. The people were, who were suffering. That's where Jesus went. And so let that be a reminder to us. To be like Him. Let us not forget the people who are suffering. In our own church. But He, he comes to the hospitals. And He goes to where the great multitude is. Because his heart is for those who need healing. So he comes to this place, and the word says that he saw, that he sees. He saw the man who was there 38 years. But in verse, I think it was verse 3, it says, There was a great multitude. And so I wondered, why did Jesus fasten his sight on this man? What was so special about this man that there was a great multitude of people, but yet Jesus saw this one man? He singled him out. Why didn't he choose the rest of them? He's God. He could have said, he heals. And they all would have been healed. Yet he saw the one man. And he called him out. Perhaps the, the man was 
the oldest of all of the people there. Perhaps maybe he was in the worst condition there. Um, but the second aspect of this verse is that it says that he knew. Not only does God see, but Jesus says he knew. There's something special about that. That Jesus saw him, but he also knew that he was there a long time. The man didn't tell him. It says that nobody said, hey, this guy's been coming here for 38 years. No, it says that he saw him and that he knew that he was there for a long time. How much more great is that that the Lord sees that we have a need, but he also sees how much we've been through, how much we've gone through, that he knows the suffering that we've been through. The Lord knew that year after 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 year that that man had been there waiting to be healed. 38 years. He knew that the the man had been there waiting. He would drag himself out there every year to be close to the water, waiting for the waters to, to be stirred up. And then when they were stirred up, as he was trying with all of his might to get into the water, someone would get in before him. Jesus knew the disappointment that he had gone through. Jesus knew that nobody had come alongside him to help him into the water. 38 years, I was thinking about this. 38 years, somebody was healed before him. If they knew he was there 38 years, would you not go back being healed yourself and say, this year I'm going to help you? But not one person returned to him. He was forgotten. Nobody tried to help him. He was helpless. Year after year, this man waited and was disappointed. Jesus knew his heartache. He knew the suffering. He knew the depression. He knew the heartbreak. He knew the torment. I'm sure he knew the mocking. Here he is again. Look at this guy. Wasting his time, coming year after year. But the man endured. The word says that he saw him there and he knew. He knew it all. Those who have been and are in a long affliction can comfort themselves with this. Is that the Lord knows and that he sees. And that he's keeping an account. And there's comfort in that. That the Lord knows what we're going through. Sometimes trials and tribulations can be so long. It's, it's a beautiful thing to know 
that God knows what we're going through. The only thing that we know, the one thing that we know, is that Christ delights himself in helping the helpless, the forgotten one, the outcast, the one that the world has given up on, those who cannot help themselves, the disappointed. That's why God took this man into his care. Jesus asked him, will thou be made whole? We know that beautiful word whole comes from sozo. Harp's talked about it multiple times. But the Lord, his desire for us is to be whole in every aspect of our lives. He doesn't want to just throw a band-aid on it. No, he wants to make us whole. Let's read 7 through 10. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another man steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day, it was the Sabbath. As I was preparing for this message, I wasn't quite sure if this is what the Lord wanted me to speak on truly. Probably because I felt like I've already spoken on it. Shared it a lot of times with the young people and I'm sure they've heard it. But at the beginning of last Sunday, Clark spoke something at the beginning of his sermon that really didn't have too much to do with his, his final point. And so... Uh, I was listening to it yesterday because I could remember some of this stuff, but it was, it was beautiful how the Lord just puts things in place. And we, we don't know his timing, but he has timing. And so this, I was listening to the, the recording last night. It says, this was his exact words. He says, he said, I have to be obedient. Not sure why he said that, but he said, have to be obedient. The Lord was telling him to say something. And he said it. He said this. He said, in this generation, we are more connected than we've ever been before. You know, through social media, through FaceTime. And that we, we say that we see each other. We see each other. Um, yet, we're so connected through these things, we think we see each other, yet this is a generation that is even more disconnected. At the same time, we, we show and see all the pictures of the good things in our lives, right? Through Instagram and Facebook, we see all these the parties that we have at our home and our happy families and these great meals and all this stuff, but nobody shows the brokenness that's on the inside of their lives. And as he said this, I, it started, to, the Lord said, yeah, I knew this is what the Lord wanted me to share. He said at the, his final sentence, he says, I want you to know this. He said, the Lord sees you and he always has. He sees to the core of who you are. And after he said that, I knew that this is what the Lord had for us today. 
many of us here may not be like the lame man where we have a physical disability that we can see. Or, but we, and we may not see the brokenness of our insides of our lives. And we may see each other and we appear to be happy and everything seems to be perfect. Our hair is perfectly combed. Thank you, Sharla. <laughs> but we don't see the spiritual brokenness, the spiritual blindness, the emotional lameness that we have, the, the emotional disappointment, heartbreak that we have in our own lives. And I was thinking about this, if how many of us here, if we had physical, a physical problem and there was an opportunity like this and nowadays where we could, we knew that it was a guarantee that if I showed up at the Machiavelli pool on October 8th, because that was my birthday, and if we, I was the first one to jump into that pool, that I would be healed. How many know that my driveway would just be packed with people? Because yeah. it's a guarantee. But it's funny, we treat our emotional and our spiritual brokenness with neglect. Boy, if there was how many people who were broken, if they knew, oh, if, if, if I could be at that pool and I would be made whole emotionally and spiritually, I would be made whole, would we, would we the same manner and fashion line up at the pool to be first in line. No, we neglect. It's almost like it's not as important to our lives. When in reality, it's so much more important that we would be whole emotionally and spiritually in our lives. And so the Lord is speaking to us today He's saying to us today, rise up, walk, I want to make you whole. I see the pain. I know what you've been through. I know the thoughts that you think about yourself. I know the disappointment. And today, I want to make you whole. He sees the unseen diseases. In Revelation, it speaks about a kingdom that God is building. Let's turn to Revelation 1. Verse 5 and 6, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That word washed means he washed us 
and he loosed us. He washed and loosed us of our sins in his own blood. Verse 6, it says, And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. God is building a kingdom of priests. Says in verse 5 that Jesus Christ, He is the firstborn, the prototype. We are to be like Him, that He washed us and loosed us from our sins. In verse 6, He says, He has made us kings. Made. Not His making, His made. That means in the new covenant that Jesus, God is having a, a kingdom of priests for himself. All of us here have a place of ministry, a function that he desires for us. I like uh, Brother Jose Nieves' book, one of my favorite books. One of the things that he he always said, and I remember when he would preach at my old church, he would always say, he would always say, my job, the, the, the job of the five-fold ministry is to put themselves out of a job. It was his job to edify, to build priests, to allow the Lord through him to build priests, to have a function in a ministry. I was thinking about Brother Daryl. Sister Carol Lee was sharing with me last week how there's a man at his work who, who used to go to church, doesn't go to church anymore, and now his kids are thinking about coming to camp. And Daryl's been speaking into his life. Yeah. That's what being a priest is. Exactly. Functioning in the ministry, exactly. wherever you're at, in our workplaces. People don't need to get saved here at church. They need to get saved at our workplaces in our schools, at our university, in our homes, where they're asking and desiring, someone just please see me. Look what I'm going through. Someone love me. And so God is calling us into a place of ministry. He has a function for each and every one of us. Just like on Wednesday night, Anthony has a perspective, a function, a ministry for each and every one of this house, this body. And when we're not there, we're missing out on what the Lord is speaking to us through Him. That's why it's so important that we don't neglect ourselves as a body. Because it's the Lord's will that you and me would function through His ministry and we would build each other up. First, that we would minister to God and then minister to each other when we're missing, or when we're not functioning in the fullness of what God has for us, we're lacking. When Josh isn't fulfilling the fullness of what God has for his life, we're lacking. Because we're part of a body. Every good leader enables his people. If you look at good government, they will not try to control, but they'll enable their people. 
And that's what the Lord is doing. He's enabling, he's edifying, he's building a priesthood that would minister for him and minister unto him. So we need to step into it. But just like in the Old Testament, (coughs) God is looking for a whole ministering people. People who are whole. God's not looking for second-hand picks. You know, uh, I love going to Meijer. First thing I do is I go down uh, past the... uh, pharmaceutical company and or what section and then I go to the back aisle why because it has all the clearance section it has all the all the 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 stuff on sale that have defects and they're always half the price and I like to scroll around Charlotte doesn't doesn't like it because I always take a long time when I go through the store but I like going through the back and Michael likes to come with me too, so it's going to be a thing. And I like to look for the deals, the, the 79 cent special, and, and all these. Because I like, I like to look for the defects, the parts. But how many of you guys know that the Lord isn't looking for a secondhand product? He's looking for a perfect product, a whole product. He's looking for the real thing. And there's a qualification for the priesthood. In the Old Testament, there was, a, there was a qualification, and so it is in the New Testament. Let's turn our uh, Bibles to Leviticus 21, 16 through 17 uh, through 20. And it says, I'll read it. You don't have to turn there. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, saying, Whosoever he be of thy seed in their generation that hath any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. For whosoever man he be that hath a blemish or defect, he shall not approach a blind man or a lame or he that had a flat nose or anything serphilious or a man that is broken-footed or broken-handed or crooked-backed or a dwarf or that have a blemish in his eye, or be of scurry, or scabbed, or have his stones broken. And so it continues to go on throughout all these things. And I was thinking, man, a flat nose. I guess I would be disqualified. There was all these physical requirements that you had to have in order to be qualified as a priest. And any of these things would be disqualified, would disqualify you. And so, just as it is in the Old Testament, thank goodness in the New Testament, it's not like that today. Thank you, Lord. But this applies, we can take this and apply it to our spiritual lives. How many of us are walking around lame inside? Emotionally broken, spiritually blinded, not being able to discern what's right and what's wrong, what should be prioritized in our lives. And yet we continue to just hobble along through this life. And that's what not, not what the Lord desires for us, but today He's calling us 
into wholeness to be his royal priesthood. And so we go back to John 5. And I ask you today, will thou be made whole? Yes. Will thou be made whole? What is it in our lives that the Lord sees that maybe we do not even see? What is it that we've been dealing for, with for 38 years that has disappointed us, that is sucking the life out of us? What is it that we are so angry about that it's robbing us of our joy and our ability to minister with love and peace? What are the lies that we believe about ourselves that are limiting us from moving on in our relationship with Him? Are we not listening to the truth that brings peace and love into our lives? Where are we stumbling constantly? Maybe we're like this man here that we have so much fear in our lives to trust somebody to come and help us. Sometimes it takes the ability to love and to trust someone to allow them to come and help us be healed. Oh, we don't want to share. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't, I don't want to share what, what, what I'm going through in my life. This is such a a spiritual church with so many mature people that, man, if they only knew, God, forgive us. I've been saved for this long. How would they, what would the reaction be if they only knew what I'm fighting against? God, help us. Lord, help us to see what you The Lord desires for us to be whole. Will thou be made whole? The man answered, I have nobody to help me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. It says, And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. I find it interesting, I was thinking about this and meditating, that the Lord never touched him or never picked him up. He just spoke to him. Words of life. And this man who was helpless, who had no ability to do anything by himself through the words of the Lord and the grace that he imparted into him stood up. Not only did he walk, but he picked up everything that he had. And he did it. This helpless man did what he could not do for 38 years because the Lord spoke to him. What he couldn't do for himself, he did. The Lord did for him. 
what we think we cannot overcome or what we've tried to overcome in all of our strength for so many years, the Lord can do for you right now, right here, today. He can do it today. Just like in this story, the Lord no longer is limited to a specific day, time, that he has to do something anymore. But here, he shows the new covenant where he'll do it when he wants to. There's no limit to what the Lord can do. He can do that for you today. So I ask you today, what is it that the Lord's speaking to you? That he wants you just to lay down at his feet. Allow him to heal you. Don't go on any longer suffering. Being disheartened. Broken hearted. That's not what the Lord has for us. The Lord wants us to be a whole priesthood. This church ministry. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you for bringing every one of us here today. You have a purpose and a plan. And your timing is perfect. You don't make mistakes. And Lord, you know that I was supposed to preach two weeks ago and I'm preaching today. Maybe there is someone who couldn't be here that could be here this week and they couldn't be here that week. And Lord, as, uh, as we were preparing, Lord, you brought a word about a priesthood. And you brought a confirmation through Clark, Lord God. And we know that your desire is that you would heal. Lord, that you go out and you seek those who need healing and you see us to the very core of who we are and Lord you know us and you know exactly what we've been through and you know exactly the hurts that we have that we can't even put words to anymore Lord I ask that right now you would make these people whole. Whoever it is that needs to hear that, Lord, that you would wrap your arms around them, that you would bring your healing touch to their lives. Lord, the things that they've been desiring to do on their own for so many years, Lord, give them the grace. Speak your creative word of life into them. Thank you for that. Be thankful who you are for the awesome God that you are that you're not limited by what men says we'll be stuck with for the rest of our lives Lord Jesus but you you can do anything Father God Lord bring us into an intimate relationship with you help us to see ourselves who you are through your eyes in Jesus name we pray Amen and Amen